Drink Canada Dry. It's not just a slogan. It's a challenge. And welcome to episode number 42 of Grumpy Old Benz. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where Christmas is over, but we'll be blowing crap up on New Year's. And from America's left coast, where we don't have the budget to pre-produce a crappy holiday retrospective, so we're just going to have to do one live. I'm Ryan Pimrose. We and have the, the budget. <laughs> northeastern side of Scandinavia, where I'm looking for a refund for winter. I am Mathieu You They don't give refunds for that. No, I don't think they do so. do not give refunds. I, I, I'm still waiting. I, I could use some more winter. You could go ahead and send it here. Uh, see, in my part of the country, we have the good sense to keep it up in the mountains where I can look out my window and normally I can see all of the winter. I mean, I can't right now because it's foggy as shit, but. <laughs> we have a very interesting christmas here like 65 degree kind of christmas so i I think global warming's real now and we should all jump on whatever aoc says and uh and we need to save the planet very quickly except for the fact that when these kind of things happen when you hit these you know milestones and it's like this is the warmest weather and then you read the news stories and while this was one of the warmer christmas days or you know christmas eves in this kind of time period in the chicago area there was a day back in like 1877 that I think was even warmer. So I would question if you, it being you hot shut this up with year your has fact. to be global warming. You shut up with your <laughs> facts. It's climate change. I mean, it had to be. Then it had to be climate change back in the 1800s as well, because we've yes. never seen this yes. before. In, in fact, but, it was it was even warmer back in the year 3721 BC, which was totally human caused as well. Totally. That is factual. And yes. we, we, for those of you wondering who this other voice is, I mean, they, maybe they didn't even understand your name, Sir Mathieu, because, you know, that people hear that French accent and their brain starts frying on them. If you're in the troll room all the time, you know, Sir Mathieu, even though he's a baron, he keeps that on the down low or you'll see him on Twitter, Sir Mathieu, the mapper. And of course, on no agenda social, just Sir Mathieu. And it really I learned from Carolyn Blaney of the Hog Story Show how to say your name. Because, you know, being American, it was always like, oh, Sir Matthew. And no, it's it's like sneezing. Sir Matthew, you've got to throw yeah. <laughs> that out there with some gusto. So welcome to the show, Sir Matthew. Well, thank you very much. It's really appreciated. I just hope I'm up to par for the grumpiness of the show. <laughs> because well, I'm Canadian. So I, than Bemrose. I, well, I, yeah, you haven't snapped at me yet. So, I mean, you still got something to work on. Well, three minutes in <laughs> so far, so good. Um, Oh, I but, think well, that I, is true. I was I was going to say everybody knows who Mathieu is from uh, from Hog Story fame because uh, uh, Hog Story did a fantastic interview, which turned into four hours of drunken rambling. Yep. <laughs> right. So it was like a good there was like a good 20 minutes and then the drinks kicked in and then Sir Mathieu then was telling good. you anything you wanted to know. Everything yeah, about <laughs> other people, about yeah. <laughs> all the things in the world. Uh, I'm all well, knowing. Which is well, why there, my, it sounds like there may be a is, New Year's Eve show. Which my, will be my fun. experience is that alcohol makes you a lot smarter. 
Of course. It gives you more, uh, well, it gives you charisma most of the time. <laughs> well, a little bit. And then after like one or two drinks, you have the charisma after like three, four or five. Then it may just turn into pure Bemrose. And we use that as a nice term, of course. I haven't even had anything to drink yet today. <laughs> no coffee? Well, yeah, coffee doesn't count. <laughs> well, it's not alcoholic. Yeah, it depends what you put in True the coffee. That. As I've maintained, this would be a very different show if if I were drinking during it. This is true, which is why it would be interesting to do a nighttime show. And we were talking about doing a taking over the no agenda stream on New Year's Eve. Fletcher said he's in. We just got to get the usual cast of characters. You know, maybe Nick the Rat, the professionals get together, see what happens when podcasters go crazy on new year's eve it Happy might be something podcast. you want to tune in for po- yeah. podcasters gone wild <laughs> I, yeah well there's well, no is. video so <laughs> it's power well, of the not from the bemrose house though there's no video so at the risk of uh bringing us back on topic uh wait i can't we don't do we have a topic well this is episode 42 so yes. if you're a fan as i know you are sir bemrose of douglas adams you know 42 is the answer to life the universe and everything so i figured this episode could kind of uh, let us look back over grumpy old ben's in 2019 it's a little show that just started in what april and uh you know kind of decide where we got things right if we had anything really wrong kind of just do a recap look forward to 2020 and talk about the holidays just kind of do a uh you know a more open topic here which is why we brought sir met you in we want to hear about his holidays we want to know what a cartographer does i just want to we want to point out that that this is also sir bemrose's golden episode but i thought that was the last one i i, I, I know you, you thought quickly. that and and of course <laughs> i didn't correct you even though you were completely wrong because i wanted to wait and spring the fact check on you this episode did you do you see how I operate now? Yes. Yes. You're you're not nice. But that's okay because there is a special episode coming up in January when you're leaving the continent for a while where your brother Tony Bemrose aka Bemlet is very excited to do a show and you know what it may not even be the usual Friday time. I mean, I will accommodate whatever time he can because he suggested a very interesting show which was why or how ryan is wrong and i'm like i can go with that i can go with that topic i can run with that i i can provide you hours of content well you have and i think that's exactly when i got the text from your brother he's like you know i've been kind of listening to all these episodes you guys have been doing and i've kind of been taking notes and (laughs) ryan really isn't right about a lot of things and even when, and when he is right about things, he gets there in a way that he shouldn't be allowed to get there. So I've got things no, he, to talk he concedes about. that all of my conclusions are completely correct, but he just uh, doesn't particularly like the way in which I get there, which is fine because um, nobody else is me and you're not you can't be expected to think like I do uh, this world to be a scary oh, goodness, place no. if everybody did. Yes. And welcome to everybody in the no agenda troll room where you can come along, troll along, chat along, listen live when we do these shows Friday mornings at 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Bemrose, noagendastream.com. 
which is where you usually find Sir Matthew. When I, when he's not in there, I'm like, where's Sir Matthew, man? <laughs> he's not in the troll room. Where is he? I'm either sleeping or playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you waste your life doing those those crazy things? Those silly, no, the silly waste games. Is, is when you spend time at work. Yeah, well, most this of the time true. when I log in during the day, I'm at work, so <laughs> that's not really good. Are, are you kidding? Well, that's, just, that's the only way to cope. Yeah, pretty it's like much. Background noise. I've got my sidekicks on the <laughs> in my tab, so uh, if I'm desperate enough during the day, I can just start trolling in the troll room like everybody else. And so, what what do you use for a boss screen? You know, everybody who goofs off at work has to have some app that they can very quickly alt tab to when when the boss comes by. What do you use? Um, actually, I don't have any because my boss doesn't mind. <laughs> it's pretty uh, See, now that's laid a good back boss. at work. And yeah, it's a pretty good boss that I have. And so I, I'm, I, I won't complain about him. But well, which uh, is why when you were talking about, you know, possibly changing careers, it's like that's that is a really big thing. If you like your boss, you can just go anywhere on the Internet. Ask anybody, you know, there are way more. My boss is a dick stories. Oh, yeah. Then, you know, hey, my boss is really cool. Yeah, well, actually, uh, I can pretty m- well. What he said is, as long as the work is getting done, I don't mind at what time you're coming uh, at work. You know? So even if I come in at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, uh, if I get my work done, uh, he's not complaining. So, uh, oh, I want your boss. <laughs> but these oh, that's like the ultimate come in whenever you want. Just do the work. Yeah, well, and after it, November, it's pretty uh, it's pretty calm at the office because most of the hunting season is done. So most of the maps are uh, all the rushes and all that stuff is already done. So we can just lay back and start working on other projects and special projects for the spring and all that stuff. Prepare. That so I got a, I got a question because it always mystified me. I, I understand that there's a lot of wilderness in Canada and that's mm-hmm. why hunting is a big thing. Mm hmm. But I've also been informed that guns are not allowed and, in fact, don't exist anywhere in the country. So I'm wondering how the hunters take down big game. Do they just go out and apologize to them until they fall over in exhaustion? <laughs> well, actually, um, just in Quebec, uh, there's uh, over 150,000 permits for hunting only moose. And uh, most of the hunters that I know uh, they own. Oh, maybe... I know how you take down a moose. That's with your car. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> but uh, actually, most of the hunters that I know, they own minimum two to three firearms. Uh, most of them are bolt action, and uh, for moose, it's mostly thirty odd six and uh, three oh eight. And uh, there are some courageous hunters. Uh, that use crossbows uh, for uh, hunting moose. Uh, so try to figure out hunting uh, something like a horse with uh, a crossbow. It's not really easy. But yeah, we've got, we've got a lot of firearms here also, even if it's Canada. Uh, most of the rural I, I don't people have how, firearms. How come I never hear about a mass shooting every three days in your country? Oh, that's strange. I know. I know. Well, uh, I mean, you don't hear about somebody storming into a school and shooting everyone up with a crossbow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, certain laws are um, uh, 
like one law that I know of is uh, putting rivets in uh, magwells. Uh, so you can't load more than five bullets in, let's say, an AR-15. And uh, because you, you can buy those, you, you can also, also buy uh, handguns. Uh, but handguns are pretty much very regulated. Uh, you need background checks uh, with the cops. You need to register with the official shooting range. Uh, and you also need to, uh, if you go to the shooting range with your handgun, you need to leave at the police station uh, the route you will take. And you need two routes. So if one route you can't take because of traffic or construction or anything, you need to give also an alternate route for uh, when you'll be going to the uh, shooting range. So handguns are pretty tough to get and very much restricted, but there is uh, shooting sports around here and uh, mostly in Ontario, I think. But there are some shooting ranges uh, right in my backyard here also. Well, that just blows my mind. The fact that when you're going to the gun range, you have to tell them first, the local authorities, that I'm going to be driving with a gun in my car. And also... the gun must be but, locked in a case and the ammo must be separated from the gun, all that stuff. But I think do, in the United a, States is the same. Do you get the full RCMP escort with like three cars in front and three <laughs> cars in back with the flashing lights on? Nah, it, it, for some obscure reason, I think it's only Trudeau that can have that kind of escort. And I'm kind of pissed off because that's our well, does, taxes. W- at does work. he get that when he goes to the gun range? Uh, does, no, I don't think he, have to he write goes down his to route? the gun range. <laughs> Well, I do well, know he probably he has a goes canoe. there to virtue signal about something. Probably, yes. <laughs> but that just shows, I mean, a lot of the things that we take for granted here. I mean, of course, there's gun laws that you can't even have handguns in Chirac, or maybe that was overturned. But, you know, there's these really, really, really stringent gun laws. But nowhere is the government crazy enough here to try to go, well, if you're going to go with your gun in your car, tell us where you are and when you're going. That would just, uh, I would think that would flood the system. I would think that just adds to more problems. And it just seems like, again, that's a, it's a huge thing of not trusting your citizens to do the right thing because it's like, oh, a gun is in the wild, but you know, especially in the wilderness. I mean, I know there's, uh, you know, plenty of areas out there where Sir Matthew is, which is just a normal, you know, looking suburb like you'd have anywhere here in the United States. But there are some big animals walking around to where you, know, you may humans. not be able to take some of these down with a you know handgun, but you'd probably slow them down a little bit to where I don't know it would personal safety isn't important. I don't get it. Yeah, mostly it's bears. Uh, like at my parents' house, we did have a bear in the backyard at one time. Uh, he, I, I tried to scare him off because they're they're pretty. Uh, it's black bears, so they're pretty uh, easy to scare off. Uh, but I think he was hungry because it was at the beginning of the of the summer, and uh, he was eating at the bird feeder uh, of my parents. But he just tore it about uh, apart and just dragged it the uh, uh, down in the hill uh, of the backyard. And I tried to scare him off, but he kind of growled. Uh, and my brother was watching me, <laughs> and he said, "I never seen you run that fast in my entire life." <laughs> I just so. play some grumpy old Ben's at him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what is <laughs> what is the proper thing to do when a black bear shows up on your turf and you're trying to get rid of them? What's what do you try? Well, if it's a male and there's no cubs around, uh, 
usually you can just ignore them just seeing you and smelling you they'll just uh go away uh brown bears it's another story though and grizzlies don't even think about grizzlies and uh, <laughs> because in the Gatineau Park, I did encounter um, a bear cub once uh, when I was mountain biking and uh, my friend was following me and he said, oh, it's just a bear cub. You can just go forth and continue on the trail. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Do you see the mother somewhere? <laughs> and the cub was maybe 10 feet from us. He just crossed the, uh, crossed the trail and I didn't see the mother. So we just turned around. It was just too dangerous. <laughs> See, I thought you lived in the city. These are like the rules for surviving in the bush country. <laughs> well, it's uh, basic nature knowledge. I think <laughs> we, we, we get the, we, I mean, we've seen deer here because I'm on the edge of a, a large forest. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen deer. We get, uh, you know, raccoons, little things like that. Uh, you know, there's nothing smaller than a squirrel. Cause my cats try to kill them all. Um, the occasional coyote, but really the scariest thing that we get in our backyard is homeless people. And, uh, it, you know, usually you can just, uh, shout at them and they'll, they'll run off. Uh, you know, sometimes they charge you on PCP and then I just, you know, feed them barbecue. That might've been Buford. Maybe Buford. That sounds reasonable. <laughs> but yeah, yeah well. I mean, over here in Chirac, the animals are a little bit more, uh, you know, docile, I guess, the ones that wind up in your yard, although there have been wolves that have been a problem now, uh, but we don't have, you know, any of these big cats. We don't have any bears. We don't have any moose. I mean, we do have deer, but overall, they're not going to mess with you. So uh, it's a lot safer, I guess. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know well, if I'd want a grizzly in the backyard. No, I don't want grizzlies in my area. That's for sure. <laughs> but over here, it's mostly, uh, well, moose may be a further up north. Uh, they don't come in the Gatineau Park because the Gatineau Park is kind of a funnel and uh, all the animals uh, roam around the Gatineau Park and the Gatineau Park just ends up in the middle of the city. Uh, maybe uh, like New York where the forest is inside the city. Here it's the city that inside the forest. So <laughs> there's a bit of a nuance right. here. <laughs> and uh, well, so, but, well, here it's like you guys, uh, deer, uh, raccoons, squirrels um uh, gophers <laughs> lots of gophers and uh, except the occasional bear but would you like, would you rather be facing off against a uh, you know a brown bear or a you know an alligator which you get down in florida which every now and then they're grabbing somebody um i i, I take the alligator because i know you have to do a serpentine move <laughs> but um Brown bears, uh, I wouldn't try my, my luck with them. Also, if they're hor uh, they're uh, hungry or something. Well, always just be with somebody that's slower than you. Isn't that what you always said, Sir Bemrose? Yeah, it, yes. it really helps. And and preferably somebody that you don't like or don't want, like isn't responsible for feeding you later. Because um, if if you if your living requires that that person be uh, there for you, then I mean, you could there could be complications. You know what? I should write a book on this. There's Worth a lot it. of books you should write. People would buy. They want the Sir Bemrose rant, which I mean, I tried to be nice and but on uh, No Agenda Social the other day with you know Sir Bemrose doesn't judge, and I'm like, no, that's a total lie. He does. He rants. He judges. He's just 
Sir Bemrose. But that's why people tune in. At least that's what we're hearing. But I hope you guys had a, a good holiday, a good Christmas. I know we're kind of like right in the middle with New Year's coming up. Then uh, any good Christmas stories that everybody survived the family, anything go horribly wrong? Uh, or was this just a peaceful Christmas for you guys? Very peaceful, actually. Um, yeah. Uh, I think the most complicated uh, way we, we spent Christmas at home. It was fantastic. No family around uh, Christmas Eve. <laughs> We went and uh, met my brother and his family and had a wonderful dinner of Chinese food because that was the only place that was open the night of Christmas Eve. Got a hand to the secular Chinese for not closing due to a religious holiday. Frankly, the place was packed. They made really good business that night. Um, so had some really good food. Uh, I got to see my nieces drop one of them on her head. Um, <laughs> it, it was pretty good. Was that the one that didn't want to hear you when uh, Tony put the podcast on and yeah, Uncle Ryan? Eh. Uh, no, it was the other one. <laughs> I, I'm sure neither one of them want anything to do with me by now. I mean, they're like, oh, yeah, we, we understand this, Uncle Ryan, dude. Any family members getting all the IOT things, all the Internet of Things gadgets? Yes, I mean, you didn't give any away. But fortunately, I've managed to convince her to keep them in the back bedroom. Oh, so this means yeah. the missus has more Internet of Things gadgets. Yeah, the missus seems to think that being connected to spy devices is okay. <laughs> well, it's an interesting thing because, you know, we've talked about that a lot this year on Grumpy At Old Men. At least Bands. my cats are still OTG. <laughs> you, oh, you don't have them chipped yet? You, you, can, you can do that, right? Sir, yeah, I mean, come on, uh, Sir Matthew, you want to go over to Seattle with a couple RFID chips? See if you can get them implanted into uh, Sir Bemrose's cats. Yeah, I could try yes. my luck. <laughs> I just I, need that to be way you would know. Yeah, that, you know where the is, cats is, were. You know, it's not just an RFID chip that's been around for a long time. The, the real trick is when you implant uh, some kind of IoT device, maybe a talking tube or something. Be like, uh, you know, uh, Alexa, come over here and get on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> Now everybody that but, has one of those devices is cursing you. I did a yeah, video because review. the little pucks are now cl climbing on everyone's lap. You're welcome. Yes, I did a video review of a Klipsch speaker that had the Google thing built into it, and there was a guy that just left a very angry message on the YouTube page for that review. Like every time you said, "Okay, Google my device," and I'm trying to watch this, and the device is answering. It's like, well, then mute your device. I was doing yeah, it. I, I was. It, it was. <laughs> it was really weird when these things first started coming out, and every single podcaster was falling over themselves to come up with ways of talking about the device without triggering the device. And um, all I can say is, okay, Google, go ask Alexa to do some. I, I don't know. I, you know what? Screw podcasters who self censor just because the devices are retarded <laughs> and respond to anyone's voice. By now. Every device out there should have special code to filter out the Sir Bemrose voice because I am not <laughs> going to self-censor. And these things either need to get smarter or the people who use them need to get smarter and stop putting the stupid devices where they're playing podcasts. That is true. That is true. And, but they are getting smarter, and I'm sure they will continue yeah, down that road of being able to recognize one voice from another, mainly because of the security implications, not that anybody making the talking tubes carries about, uh, cares if, about the if security you cared implications. about security, you wouldn't have one of these. 
what about two or three or one in every room? I mean, Amazon was selling these things for like 25 bucks. Okay, so you pro, know pro tip, you're actually better off having two of them in the same room because then they can talk to each other and you can just back away slowly. Well, that's why you need one of the Google devices and one of the Amazon ones and then just start that trend where they just continually talk to each other and then you can take down the system because that would be like a, you know, a denial of service that there'll just be too many queries going at one time. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is becoming something that is so common now, which I mean, it was good because uh, my mother-in-law wanted one of these plugs. And when we originally got the Amazon device about two or three years ago that, uh, I'm like, oh, this will be cool. And then I immediately realized just how limiting those plugs are. And we talked about that in one of the grumpy old beds that all the new electronic gadgets if they come from a uh, zero state, so if they go from no power to power, most of them don't turn on. So beyond being able to plug in maybe a box fan or something like that to it, having the ability to control an outlet power is just not all that uh, not all that worthy of time. So I had these and they were just sitting around for like two or three years and she wanted one. So I'm like, well, very cheap Christmas gift. I bought one like three years ago. And that was, you know, a much easier way to go. Um, but for Christmas Eve, we went over to my brother-in-law's house and we were all sitting around opening presents. And it was the little Amazon tube there sitting, you know, a couple feet away in the kitchen that was playing the Christmas music. And all of a sudden, because, you know, I guess it had been playing for a few hours, the device announced, oh, you haven't been interacting with me in the recent future. God. So I will now stop playing your music i mean i guess you got to keep poking these things now you know they don't want to continually give you bandwidth i guess because this i remember doing this a couple of years ago maybe last year where we left the house for christmas you always want something going on if your house is empty or whatever so you say hey play christmas music and when we got home it was still playing i mean the thing would go until whenever it would never stop i don't know why except maybe bandwidth that amazon went well i just can't if you say to play music we that's annoying that you have to go in and check in with it for it to keep playing music but with that said it stopped and i was like okay uh um, and i wanted to hear the billy idol christmas album called billy uh, happy holidays so i'm like you know device play billy idol happy holidays album and it's like that selection is not available on amazon music oh geez would you like to hear <laughs> other billy idol tracks instead and i went yes so uh, Rebel Yell start playing. So we're opening Christmas presents to Rebel Yell. I thought that was a hell of a, maybe that's oh, that that's could be a new bad. tradition. No, it's like Rebel Yell, White Wedding, Flesh for Fantasy. I mean, they were all playing, and I was just kind of surprised nobody else. It was like uh, go back to Christmas music, but nobody that cares. Is Christmas music, <laughs> I think so. I mean, I know you have a hatred for Christmas music, all things Frank Sinatra. So I mean, I guess Frank Sinatra Christmas music must be. Well, Frank Sinatra Christmas music is the reason I hate Frank Sinatra. Ah, well, see, you gotta, you gotta let go of that. The voice. What about Nat he, King he's, Cole? He's, yeah, you got something against Nat King Cole too. If he's singing Christmas songs, I do. Well, he do has some <laughs> if, pretty good Christmas if, songs. So. <laughs> if if his if his voice is being piped into whatever establishment that I'm trying to get in and suffer through the retail experience and then leave again. And I, 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 the only thing I can do is associate 
this terrible experience I'm having with the same four fucking songs on a loop forever, then yeah, I hate Christmas music because I associate it with having to be in a damn mall. Uh, yeah, I have to that agree with that. That was years ago. Humbug. And you're still triggered. That was how many I, years ago? Did you work in a mall? I oh, uh, 20 plus. But you're I, still I mean, triggered. <laughs> I mean, a really good triggering has no expiration. That's true. And, you know, nor do you know, if, did you get some good gifts? I mean, I was quite pleased because I was, uh, you know, very clear this year. It's like I hate getting gift cards. I mean, I can go buy my own stuff. I have cash if I want to go buy things from wherever. So I, I was very clear. I didn't want gift cards because usually that's it with the, uh, you, know, you know, some my people want to send blankets and water. Just, Just send, send gift your cards. cash. <laughs> yes, please. Cash is much better. You know, cash $20 is, bill. Yeah, cash is the ultimate gift card because you can spend it anywhere. It really is. Yeah, but, that's changing. It's a universal well, gift card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is changing, which is sad. I mean, there are some places now where you might have to take that cash and Nowadays, go into a, I, I'm a waiting store for, and buy a, a card with the cash so you can then use that card yeah, somewhere I, else. I'm waiting for the, uh, you know, the, the new updated version is, is not going to be send cash. It's not going to be give cash. It's going to be like, yeah. Uh, mom and dad, uh, please just PayPal me for Christmas. <laughs> you got my Venmo, man. Yeah. You can Bitcoin me. It'll be cool. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm, I'm old and, and out of date already. PayPal. God, who uses that? Okay. Boomer. <laughs> or, or Sir Bemrose. But so I was, I said, yeah, I don't want that. Cause usually this is what would go on would be, you know, we would end up getting my brother-in-law and his wife, you know, a gift card, and then they would give us gift cards, you know, and it, it just didn't seem like if you're just passing cash around, that didn't make sense. So I'm like, no gift cards. And so instead, what I got from them, one was really kind of cool, a um, drawing, painting, whatever the little piece of art is framed of like an old fashioned ribbon microphone. And I dig microphones. So I'm like, that'll go up in the studio. One really cool. And then I got a bottle of Jameson's with two shot glasses that were made out of like 50 caliber, you know, uh, rounds. Ooh. And I'm like, well, this is good because if somebody gives me, you know, if you just give me a bottle of Irish whiskey, I'm not going to open it. But if you give me a bottle of Irish whiskey and two shot glasses, well, I'm going to try that out immediately, which also makes opening well, yeah, presents that's, a lot that's more the fun. That's the whole reason why the, the gift packs are always uh, paired with a, a glass. Well, actually, the good ones are always paired with at least one glass because it, if you just give a bottle of something good, the person's going to keep it, store it forever and wait for a, a, a special occasion. You're like, hey, bitch, this is a special occasion. Why do you think I'm getting it for you? But you can't <laughs> just get one because right then they'll now. open it and drink it in front of you. No, right. <laughs> you have to get at least two glasses because it's like, yeah, I just gave you this. And the expectation is you're about to let me taste it. Right. It's going to be a taste test for everybody in fact, around. In fact, we're going to taste test this whole bottle together. Yes. Just to make sure it's good. Just to make yep. sure the yeah, quality you, of the whiskey. The the classic, you finish the first glass and you're like, hmm, I'm not sure if I like it. Let me have a, a second glass. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's something extremely intoxicating about being indecisive in these cases. And, you know, the it's other win -win. thing, the fun thing. Yes. It is win-win. And the other fun thing was, and this is a very easy thing for anybody to do. You buy maraschino cherries. You pour the juice out of the little jar that it comes in. 
and then fill it up with whatever you want. In this case, my wife filled up the jars with fireball whiskey and then let them sit for like a week. I mean, those cherries were like happy pills. Well, the, the, the longer you, yes, I I've done this recipe plenty of times. My, my classic was always ever clear some kind of, you know, (laughs) overproof grain alcohol. Yeah. Well then, then those uh, cherries, I mean, I was like, the the kids can have them. I mean, come on. I mean, well, then the, the best thing to do with the cherries is that you blend them into a milkshake or something. Yeah. Because the only time I saw those cherries was on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. You you use them where you would use any maraschino cherry spices up any kind of holiday dessert. Yeah. I never thought about like blending them though, into like the milkshake. That would be, that would be delicious. Cause that was the first time. When we were in Vegas a couple of years ago, over Christmas, one of the places had alcoholic milkshakes. And I'm like, how come I've never run into this before? Oh, really? Yeah. That was my specialty back in the day. I, uh, I had to give that up when I realized that I was absolutely destroying my body by drinking too much. I mean, because you were putting them in milkshakes, even at the, was there, was well, there any part of the my, my, liquid you were taking in that wasn't alcoholic at that time? Well, not if I could <laughs> avoid it. <laughs> the no my specialty for for a long time my specialty back in the day and i learned this at the fraternity house uh but uh i i really plied my trade on uh on my friends and my brother uh whom i i take credit for turning him into an alcoholic although he far surpassed me um my specialty was creating blended drinks that were stronger than uh what you could get at any bar, but you could not taste the alcohol at all. Oh, sweet <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so things that you could serve at a party and somebody would get completely wasted and not even know they were drinking. I was really good at making that shit. Okay. Now there, there is a book in this, I'm sure, but it's like, what is your, what was your favorite concoction? What did it consist of? Uh, yeah. We need recipes. Then. Yes. I had a, I had a, a mint chocolate vanilla thing that I, I put together. Like it was a, it, it was so cloyingly overpowered with peppermint flavor that you didn't realize there that it was like 40% hundred proof rumple mints. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, it's, it's only a tiny little <laughs> waffle mint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, there's, I mean, the, the real secret, by the way, is that sugar covers alcohol. So you make it cloyingly sweet and nobody will be able to tell. But it, if, you know, eventually after a few hangovers, people start to suspect your drinks that are cloyingly sweet. So then there's, you know, there's other techniques where you can, you know, make something that's got a, a you know, really tart uh, fruit flavor or something. And just knowing what kind of flavors will cover what kind of alcohols. Um, didn't do much with whiskey back then because whiskey is hard to cover, but I, I, yeah, um, it does have a strong taste. Yeah. It, it messing up people, you know, messing up my friends and completely <laughs> destroying their livers was, was a pastime of mine, which might be why I don't have any friends left, but you know, <laughs> they're all dead liver yeah. failure. What <laughs> liver I, failure. Yeah. That's what I was <laughs> about to say. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that explains that explains a lot. But I mean, I guess that is all, that's also helpful. You know, if you're drinking, you know, in some place you're not supposed to be drinking and somebody like, what do you got? Oh, just a milkshake. Oh, OK. No problem at all. They don't know. It's I, like 
a thousand proof. My, my use of, of milkshakes actually also went down significantly when I developed the lactose intolerance and realized that the consequences were uh, went far beyond having too much to drink. Yeah. So what is your drink of choice now? Now when you're sitting around on a Monday right now, night coffee. listening to hog story. Yeah, I know. Right now, coffee, because you need to be caffeinated to do the show, because otherwise you're really grumpy, you say. Yes. Yes. When I haven't had my coffee, I am really grumpy. But what is a Bemrose kicking back on a holiday or kicking back and listening to a podcast at night? Then uh, what's the drink of choice? What are you reaching uh, for here? Whiskey, beer? Really, whatever's in the house. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a cheap <laughs> alcoholic these days. Um, so whatever's there. That's uh, Actually, the most common one is usually going to be a microbrew IPA. Fancy. Uh, I'm I am still a beer drinker. Uh for one thing, uh it's a lot harder to get sloppy drunk on beer because you fill up. Um the the downside of course is oh my god, carbs, but you know, you 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 do what you can. Uh well, no, the, I would I thought you would, the thought the downside for you would be peeing every five minutes. Because that's like the only thing I remember from like drinking beer going out would be like every five minutes, like oh gotta go drain. Do you think I have more beer? Do you think I'd notice a difference? <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, this is this is the same effect as coffee. And really, I mean, the the turning point of the day is always when I go from chugging coffee to chugging beer. Now, are you a fan of any like alcoholic coffee drinks in little Irish no. coffee or anything? Is there is there is there a certain specialty? Pour, I will pour some Jameson into the coffee uh occasionally um and i've been known to do um you know maybe a a rum or something but uh the vast majority of coffee drinks you know when somebody says coffee drink they think of the kind of thing that you get from starbucks which has uh about 800 grams of sugar and and then you could do anything with that because you know like like i just finished saying uh if you have enough sugar you can conceal any amount of alcohol you won't even know but um I, I don't I don't go for like if if it's too sweet, I can't stand the coffee flavor anymore. So, no, coffee for me is black, maybe occasionally a little on dairy creamer if I'm drinking yesterday's coffee and it's really bitter. But I now in so, the troll room, no agenda stream dot com. We have Karma King who is suggesting Swiss Miss instant cocoa but made with Jack Daniels instead of water. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> One does sound. It also do you, sounds, it sounds a little bit gross, although now I'm going to have to go try it anyway. Does I mean, do you have work? to heat the Jack? I mean, normally you would be like pouring heated water or milk into the, to the uh, powder, but do you heat the alcohol up first? And yeah, I mean, just, just Jack throw Daniels, it in the microwave for 10 minutes. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Uh, is there? I mean, is there some milk or water to go along? Are we just taking like a shot of Jack Daniels? Uh, that's the question. That, uh, that could get very dangerous very fast. But now I want to. Yeah, I do want to try that now. Well, I do like making the the cheap mochas, which is just pour coffee over the the instant cocoa rather than water. But I mean, what do, what do you do up in Canada? Huh, good question. <laughs> Sometimes they it's, actually uh, get real chocolate or they... Bailey's maybe in the coffee. Uh, most of the time, it's what I see on my side. I, ne- I never buy uh, any cream alcohol or uh, like Irish cream or, or that stuff. Uh, I do like 
some coffee Baileys sometimes, but it, the taste Baileys in coffee or Amarula in uh, coffee, it has like a, a, a chalky finish to it, or it tastes like plaster or something. So <laughs> it gets on my, maybe a cup uh, is okay with me, but no, not a second one. No way. And that's not a flavor that you like? Well, it's it's not well. It's not horrible, but I, like you said, I, I like my coffee just plain and just milk, milk and sugar, and uh, just leave the coffee alone. <laughs> Simple is maybe, the best. Maybe plaster is just an acquired taste. That's why you don't see people walking around eating the walls? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Ever since they took the good lead pay, the lead candy off of the walls. <laughs> Right for that, yeah, that tasty, the kids tasty were, were peeling that and eating it right for some reason. I don't know why, but that was when you could pair it with the asbestos in the ceiling. Ah, there we go. But Karma King, that makes a lot more sense. You just make it regularly and then add a shot or two. He says of Jack. I don't know how that would totally mask the uh, the whiskey, but it's worthy of a try. I mean, I have Jack Daniels and I have hot cocoa. I mean, I, those two things exist. I mean, my I, favorite. Yeah. Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, Pemrose, you had a you had a suggestion. No, I had a thought, but it was an unsequitur. Oh. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first <laughs> time. I like the just plain old chocolate milk and rumple mints. It gives you Girl Scout thin mint cookie. It's easy, and the kids love it. Yeah. Well, I will always have a box of um, powdered uh, quick. So I'm always drinking my chocolate mi- milk in the morning before starting my day. <laughs> Yikes. Before you get out to work at two in the afternoon, when your exactly. boss is such a roll on in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, two in the afternoon. That's that's already the drinking time. Almost. I realized yes. that I missed an opportunity to uh, to tell you that my uh, absolute favorite kickback drink in the evening is going to be, of course, Irish whiskey on the rocks. Oh, How many rocks? Uh, I don't know enough to completely water down the whiskey. You know that is the exact wrong thing to do, right? <laughs> I, no, I hadn't heard. Why don't you go ahead and uh, explain to us? Because I am I know a, you've heard I'm that an rant. ignorant Philistine. <laughs> I know you've heard that rant a time or two from me. And it's a little splash of waters, okay, in Irish whiskey. And I, I, when I went to Ireland, I was so surprised, especially when drinking the good Irish whiskeys. And there are plenty. I have plenty. When you're talking the bottom of the barrel you know just the regular jameson the regular patty the regular whatever you know tell them or do whatever your powers whatever your favorite is powers is the big one actually over in ireland where that's kind of their jameson the uh you know okay maybe you can put if you're if you're not a whiskey snob you can put a little bit of ice in there but every time i ordered whiskey and even the good stuff and the stuff gets very very expensive pretty quick that the fact that they wanted to put ice into it, it's like, are you mad? But well, that was, I mean, I told this. Yeah, I, okay, I told, the I told question the story is, were, were the locals drinking it with ice? Because I, I would not notice. be surprised if they recognized your American accent and went, ah, is a dumb yank. It probably wants ice and then decided to be helpful. Well, it is the only time that I've ever had a bartender try to talk me out of a drink because of its price. Oh, geez. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> Which was, we were in uh, some town on the west of Ireland, and we were in a hotel, and we were following some country music artist around, because I was working for a country music artist at the time, so we went, 
and I was drinking some wanted Bushmills uh, Black Bush, I think is what I wanted. And Black Bush now it's the price is regulated a little bit here in the United States. It was like 35 bucks a bottle for a while. And I've been seeing it on sale now regularly for like 25 bucks. So it's kind of your regularly priced whiskey. And I wanted to get two doubles, one for me and one for my buddy Jeff. I wanted to get two double Black Bush. So I walked up to the bar and I ordered that. And the bartender looks at me and he's like, oh, we're out of that. Randy Travis and his band cleared us out last night. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay. He says, all we have is the 16-year-old Black Bush. Or not not the Black Bush, 16-year-old Bush Mills. And I'm like, well, give me two doubles of that. And he's like, that'll be, they're like 40 euros a glass. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. You know, uh, I'm like, that's that wasn't going to stop me at that particular point. I mean, at that time, like 40 euros was probably 55 bucks American, but you know, I wanted well, it. Well, not only so. that, but once you've had a few, <laughs> then you stop, you lose the ability to count or think critically about how much money you're spending. The The drinks yes. can, can easily get progressively more expensive. The drunker you get. Exactly. I mean, so I just thought it was impressive one for Randy Travis and his crew to drink an Irish, and this was a bar in an Irish hotel out of Irish whiskey. <laughs> I mean, that's, that that's some skill. And I was <laughs> kind of surprised that the guy was just like, oh, you sure you want that? That's, that's, oh well, yeah, you know, give me that. And, uh, and Digi Guru, of course, making the joke that there's plenty of black bush in Chicago. We've heard that joke before. And, uh, it is a <laughs> drink. I know my buddy ordered that once from a waitress that was african-american and who wasn't familiar with the drink at first who gave him a very very nasty look it's like you gotta know if you're working in a bar you gotta know what black bush is and now there's red bush too so i guess if you come across a ginger girl you can uh you can pull that out as well and and, and use it as an opening line and probably get smacked but you're right yeah. the more you drink the prices don't really matter you ever heard about uh, or you heard my story about uh, asking for directions in Chicago? No, it, it, it was, uh, you know, I, I need to, you know, it was way back in the day when not everybody had a stupid map on their phone. So if you wanted to know where something was, you had to actually roll down the window and ask someone on the street. On the plus side, it was way back in the day when you were a lot less likely to get shot for rolling down your window on the street. But uh, the. <laughs> It was it was one of the first times I'd ever been introduced to the Chicago accent and uh, said, uh, OK, so where is this uh, such and such place? And uh, the guy says, oh, uh, it, it was a lady. She's she points down and says, uh, OK, so it's you go three blocks down and and then take a right. And it's right there on the corner. I don't know if that was Chicago or Boston, but the it sounded thing, more Boston. <laughs> the thing that I, I I don't do accent. I don't even do a fucking Seattle accent, but no, and th- that doesn't even <laughs> exist. But uh, it always struck me as uh, as okay. So my instructions are to run three blacks down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. well, you want to go over by there? Yeah, you got to go down there. Go over by there. Over yeah. by there. Yeah, I mean that was the instructions. You you just run three blacks down and then take a right. <laughs> okay, so where do I find these? 
you don't. Yeah, well, yeah, there is a Chicago accent, Karma King. Uh, I mean, you really, it was most prevalent when the uh, had to be Saturday Night Live or was it the other show that was doing the, you know, the Ditka thing, Duck Coach. And then they were like eating like plates and plates of like bratwurst and like all, uh, you know, all the usual tailgating food, then like, you know, giving themselves the, uh, you know, the paddles to get their heart going again. Uh, you know, Duck Coach, that's that's Chicago. You know, not a lot of people actually speak that way, but, uh, you know, it's good for caricatures. And because here in the Midwest, we really are supposed to be the absence. I mean, that's what people consider anyway, <laughs> the absence of having a, you know, accent. You know, everybody you hear, you hear Sir Matthew. Well, everybody knows that's a French accent. Of you hear course. the Boston, you know, that's a Boston accent. You hear the Southern accent for some reason. They teach like all of the national news, at least for years. That's the way it was. All these people that were on TV, the talking heads were, you know, had this very absence of an accent, which is more or less the Midwest uh, dialect. Yeah. But, or, or the other one they teach is the California, which is effectively like totally. the same. Well, the California, which is kind of similar to what we have here, is effectively the same neutral accent. but they're they drop vowels like apparently so the uh, there is apparently a difference between uh uh the the a in caught as in you caught a ball and the a in caught as in something you sleep on and and having grown up in the west coast um no there isn't those are exactly the same vowel but i there are people who swear to me that if you say those two words and you say them exactly the same, then then you're doing it wrong. Caught and caught. Right. Yeah, you just caught, said you said caught. the same word twice. <laughs> caught to cut okay. so I could sleep. <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> and is that true? <laughs> Progo Progo is correcting me in the troll room that Sir Matthew, you don't have a French accent, it's a Quebec accent. What is the difference between a Quebec accent and a French accent? Um because it sounds French. Because you've never been a French. Quebec accent. Um, True. We can actually speak English, <laughs> and the French <laughs> accent is pretty much well. They, they're pretty shitty at English, first of all, and they, they always is, say is like that because the, they can't learn English or because the they think they're too good for it. I think they're too good for it. They're just too condescending. <laughs> well, I don't hate the French, but. Uh, their English accent is so hard to understand uh, and they put Z's everywhere. I just don't get it. Uh, and also, I don't say a boot. So there's that. <laughs> well, then you're not Canadian because that's, I mean, you got a boot, you got to, you know, and then uh, it's from being a hockey fan, you know, back in the day and listening to the, because everybody that seems to be in the front office, even for the teams here in the United States, you know, they're probably Canadians and you yeah, always hear the word and that was for the longest time, the word organization to me was organization. I mean, that's, that's just how it was always said. It's like, oh, well, that seems different, but you know, different languages, even, you know, different areas will sound different for the same words. And Sir Bemrose obviously can't hear the difference between caught and caught, but, uh, you know, maybe is there something like colorblindness for the ears? You may have both. Well, no, that, that is literally the West Coast dialect is is that we have completely 
thrown away all of our various vowels and now it's all just some, you know, the, there's the glottal stop where we drop the T's from words and, and the, the, the word neutral vowel that we use in everything. That's, I mean, that all comes out of California. Everything bad comes out of California. I think I could be wrong. I'm sure we have listeners in California and you're not bad, but there's a lot of you craziness. You may, well, I don't judge. I don't judge. I said it first. Now you have to have something different. You're to stealing go along. my shtick. I'm the one who yeah, doesn't judge on this show. <laughs> right. Sir, Matthew, you. Do you judge? I always judge. I, I'm Canadian. I can judge anyone. High five. I, I'm immune. <laughs> yeah, but you're Canadian, which means after you judge them, you have to apologize. Isn't that the way yeah, it works? Yeah, I need to say I'm sorry. <laughs> just, just so we can just keep on going afterwards. Yes. I mean, are those the most two popular words said together in Canada is I'm sorry. Uh, that and yeah. uh, what's the um, uh, hey, H-E, hey. <laughs> oh, so you're it's, from Canada. Hey, it's not. I'm sorry. Hey. It's, it's just sorry. 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 Hey. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Well, I mean, I remember seeing yeah, fuck a you, video. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, there was like a guy that pulled out in front of a guy in a motorcycle who was going like really fast. And like the guy, you know, the motorcycle guy, uh, you know, ended up like kind of pulling over because he had a close call. And like the other guy like turned around and I'm like, oh, is this going to be like road rage? And it turns out it was in Canada. And the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. Hey, eh? I didn't know. I didn't see you. Hey, eh? and it's like, OK, that would never happen in Chicago where <laughs> you would. You would have an incident like that, and then you would like go back, you know, specifically to be like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And no, uh, because just, in Chicago, that's a recipe for getting shot. That's true. You're coming back <laughs> in Canada. They're not unloading their nine as you're driving back towards them to apologize. Well, don't go to Montreal or uh, Toronto because nobody's going to be sorry for driving like a stupid driver thingy. Because uh, in Montreal, <laughs> everybody hunks at everything so that's a bad habit well, they're like one of those cities i, I tell you yeah. what okay my my experience with vancouver i have a lot of of friends in vancouver i've been to vancouver a lot of times is uh that the people for the most part uh are way more polite than yankees and and they love to they're they're nice they apologize all the time they i mean they fit to a T all of the Canadian stereotypes we had right up until they get on the road. And when they're behind the wheel, they are the most passive aggressive dickheads I have ever seen in my life. (laughs) There is nothing that I have ever encountered in the Seattle area that can hold a candle to British Columbia drivers on the road, just being total fucks. They will cut you off slam on the brakes, brake check you, and then turn around and give you the okay sign. Like, hey, we're all good, right? <laughs> we're all they, good. They will, they will run up and exit. I had a fucking, uh, a, a full-blown truck with trailer, like, you know, big 55-foot trailer with a lorry on the front. Uh, runs up an exit-only lane, blows by the exit-only lane, goes another 25 30 meters on the shoulder and then swerves in and cuts in right in front of me forcing me to slam on my brakes and then all i get is a flash of the lights and like yeah sorry 
Fuck you. Would you not do that? (laughs) (laughs) That is my experience with people in Vancouver. When, when they are not in their cars, they are great people. When they are in their cars, you better just fucking like take a plane or something. The battle is on, huh? Well, something clicks. And then, you know, that very trip where I decided that we, uh, we came back and I just about got killed by, uh, uh, BC driver doing like 120 on the road. I'm like, yep, this is, uh, this is going in my blog. You don't have a blog. Not anymore. I had a live journal back in the day. Oh, you were so woke even back then. Well, I wasn't. I I just had a live journal. (laughs) Would you believe I used it to rant? No, no, because I mean, everybody knows that you had absolutely nothing to say. You didn't even want to do a podcast. Here we are 42 episodes in. We closing in on our live year in April. That live journal is where on uh, the uh, November 6th uh, of 2004, the day after uh, Bush got reelected, I posted to that. I said, uh, you know, I have no problems. I don't consider myself a sexist. I have no problems with any woman being president of the United States, but not that woman. And I pointed to an article where Hillary Clinton was thinking of running for president. That seems like an article that would still be prevalent and it's, relevant. It's been today. relevant for, prediction. for 15, 16 years now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that is when it comes to the Clintons, that's the weird thing. When you start watching, as I have been, a lot of these old shows that just seem like they were have taken place so many years ago, you know, like married with children and they're making jokes about the Clintons. It's like, holy crap. These people have been on our radar for way yeah. Way, way or, too or the long. or the shows and movies where uh they had a cameo of Donald Trump just as a, a rich real estate guy. Right now you have to cut that out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not in allowed Canada. on the sh- on the movie or in the show. Yeah, anymore. I saw the article. Now, what is your thoughts of this? Because this was something well, that really kind of blew my mind when I saw this. The concept now that movie theaters, you know, and people distributing movies can edit and change thing on the fly, much like we talked about with software being pushed out before it was completely finished. This to me kind of feels like people that making that are making movies that will no longer be able to decide which of one or two or three routes. Well, obviously one that's easy, but the two or three routes that maybe the story could go, or there were a couple different edits that were put together. We're not sure which one is the best, are we going to start seeing ABC testing in the movie theaters based upon the people that go for like the first week are going to be all there's like three different versions of the movie. And then we're going to talk to the people after coming out of all these. And then we'll decide after that, which one of the three is going to be the, you know, the real official release. Is this going to start happening? I sure hope not. <laughs> I like my director's cut with all the bonus features. I, yeah, uh, I do. I mean, but it's, it's like, Putting out multiple versions of a movie is already a thing. But not in the theater is real. I mean, this comes down to a cat's, I guess, had a horrible opening week or weekend, whatever it was. And they were were already pushing changes to the movie in the theaters because of how poorly it did. And that's just it's bizarre to me that this is where the technology is actually going, where it's being used, which is you open a movie up and you go trend of custom movies. Like you, you'd be like, yeah, I didn't actually like how the villain uh, 
got away at the end. So can you give me a new version with where the they didn't make it? Right, so you can go see the movie three or four times and it could be different every time. Well, and then, uh, you know, I mean, there's there's some movies where they've actually done that to really cool effect. Like, uh, I I don't know if if you're old enough for this, Sir Mathieu, but uh, um, the original Clue, the the one that came out way back in the day with uh, Tim Curry. No, there was a movie. Uh, oh, there was a movie based on the board game. And, so I'm not uh, when, old, old enough. Then. <laughs> well, when when the movie came out in theaters, they actually shot three different, completely different endings, all of which fit the movie that went there, but implicated completely different people. And uh, for each theater, each theater got a random one of these three. Which meant that when two people went and saw the movie in different theaters and then came back to talk about it over the water cooler, they had watched oh. completely different endings with different people being guilty. Actually, that's a pretty interesting concept, <laughs> but it's I, I uh, thought it was amazing maybe work intensive for the production of the movie. Well, maybe you can shoot uh, three or four more scenes if you're already doing it anyway. So it's not a big deal. Well, I mean, the end that they shot was only 10 minutes long. Oh, uh, okay, okay. But but they they reshot it with three different plots, uh, which I mean, in, and if you go out any any version of Clue that you watch today, what they're actually going to have is is all three of them there, where they're gonna you know they'll roll into one plot at the end of the movie, and then they'll be like, uh, uh, however, it could have happened this way, and then they go into the next one, and then they say, or maybe it happened this way, and then they go into the third one, and you know that that really works. It plays when you're in the the dvd realm but i just thought it was really amazing that they when they put the movie out different theaters got different versions just so that everybody who was talking about the movie was talking about different ones that's pretty nifty actually this reminds me i think uh one of the final destination movies um that there was one version on dvd uh i think it went out only on dvd and it was something like you're the hero, like the those books. Uh, the reader is the hero. You make choices and all that stuff. Yeah, Cho- right. Choose your, your own adventure. adventure. Yes. yes, choose your yeah, own those adventure. Were awesome That's back the one. In the day. And it was a choose your own adventure of Final Destination. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was the Final Destination movies. Cho- so you cho- could choose, choose your own death. how. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> so you could choose how people died, uh, and uh, you you can That's make horrible. them take choices and all that stuff. Well, I think you could uh, either uh, avoid dying or uh, just to prolong it. So you die eventually or something. And uh, But I don't remember which version it was, but uh, I think it was a Final Destination. Well, the That's whole choose cool. how people die thing is not that unique. Just come to Chirac or Baltimore <laughs> or say, St. Louis. Do you, want, do you want to die from a knife or from a nine millimeter? Yes, choose. And then uh, your adventure will begin. I, I saw, I saw a tweet the other day, and and I'm sorry for that myself, but um, it was somebody saying, uh, you know, uh, knife crime in Seattle is getting so bad that uh, people are having to wear body armor when they walk down the street. And it's like Washington is an open carry state. Buy a fucking gun, you leftist retard. <laughs> because it's really if somebody has a uh, has a knife and they're thinking I'm going to attack somebody 
and they see somebody walking with a gun. Yeah, they'd be and like, they maybe, do attack we'll, that person. maybe we'll go to the next block. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if they, were, if they do attack that person, then this is just kind of nature working itself out. Because yeah, if you're yeah. going to attack a guy with a gun with your knife, I can't believe that that area is open carry, though. That would seem to be bullets. something that those those politicians don't like. I, mean, I don't no, think they no, want to keep don't. that that way. They don't. You know, here's the thing. Um, Washington State actually used to be a pretty sane area. 30 years ago and we have uh you know we have concealed carry by permit we have open carry of anything so if if you you know basically you can't wear a jacket over your holster unless you have a permit but if you don't have a permit just don't put the jacket on and you're fine uh we got all kinds of laws that are uh, you know we've got uh, castle doctrine where if somebody breaks into your house um, you can murder the fuck out of them in any way that you want, as long as they're inside your house and there will be no repercussions. Uh, no, no, it's I not mean, murder or killing. It, it's disposing. Well, yes, certainly. And, and that's <laughs> just, you can imagine that's the word that I used because uh, I'm totally not a provocative person, but we have a lot of laws on the books that are pretty sane and normal because it's only been the last 30 or 40 years that this place has become a leftist paradise. And it's only just now that the politicians with their full Democrat majority in all forms of the government are finally starting to crack down and, and try to systematically strip every one of our rights, starting with the Second Amendment. Why do I see Sir Bemro sitting right in the entrance of his house, like five feet from the door going, come in. Uh, in a rocking well, chair with a spittoon on his left. Well, there, there <laughs> yes. may, there may or may not be a loaded shotgun near that location. That's like, walk come on in, come on in, come on in. No, um, to answer Sir John Fletcher of Hog Story Fame's question of how Sir Bemro saw a tweet. I mean, you don't have to have a Twitter account to um, see a tweet. No, uh, I, I dot Reddit dot com. So you saw, a, you saw a tweet. So somebody screen, somebody screenshotted <laughs> the tweet and put it on Reddit. That is, in fact, how I saw it. <laughs> so you only yeah, look at Twitter like if Adam it's Curry's in the form off of the grid. screenshot. Yeah, this is like Adam Curry's off-the-grid concept. He'll only read Twitter if somebody screenshots it first and posts it to another website that he frequents. Well, there's I, no tracking at a, this point. Yeah, it's a pretty damn safe technique. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And also, the, and, and Adam will agree with me on this, the extra friction makes it so that you don't get the as much of a dopamine hit for going and checking Twitter, and therefore you don't end up getting addicted and wasting your whole life getting your amygdala enlarged. No interaction. And you can't man. just press a button and re reply with, you're an idiot. <laughs> well, usually my technique is to just reply, you're an idiot. And then my cats look up and be like, what? Who are you talking to? <laughs> like, cats you didn't do anything. Up, no, you're the idiot. <laughs> You well, they know that's know what that. they're thinking, Sir Matthew. Yeah, pretty much. No. <laughs> Who they're are these flesh bags that feed us? us? Damn cats. Uh -huh. Yeah, the damn cats. But the tracking is getting real. There's no doubt about it. I thought it was interesting that the FBI was warning people this Christmas season. I don't know why they haven't been warning them prior to this about the tracking abilities in these new they're not really that new, but in these new breed of smart TVs with the fact that a lot of these televisions have cameras in them that people are unaware of. Again, if you give 
you know, if you were to buy like your, my, for my parents, if I were to buy them a new TV and there was a camera in it, they would never know. You know, they don't know there's a microphone and camera in there. And they're, of course, no, for the and, guise of. And, and every TV is like, in order to get started, go ahead and just enter your Wi-Fi password. Like, yes. Like, no, yeah, how, so about I, how about I enter an HDMI or uh, yeah, HDMI plug and, and we go from there because you do not need Internet connection. You know that. Well, as you talked about in the one episode, then what they'll build in is the ability to hack your neighbor's Wi-Fi to get these things on um, no yeah. matter how or, or no, you know, whatever. The, the, the really zealous, like if the Wi-Fi password is secure, then they're they'll they'll just build in some way to kidnap your kids from the school in order to extort the password or something. Well, I thought it was funny that an article on Lifehacker today, and there's been so little on Lifehacker lately that's been worthwhile or interesting. I, but I keep going back because it's like slamming your head into a, a wall. And I did find a lady posted a really cool idea of making a Doritos spice and there was no MSG in it because I love Doritos, but MSG makes a bad, can't have them. But according to the guy, their tech guy that does like a column a week on Lifehacker, his number one story, his number one article this year was the question of how do I keep my neighbor's Wi-Fi out of my house or out of my condo? I mean, I understand this could be a problem if you're living in an area you know, especially in a high rise or if you're living in a condo where there's a lot of people on top of each other. But that was what I thought it was weird that that was the number one question of not how do I make my Wi-Fi better? How do I get a better connection with my devices? The question was, how do I block my neighbor's Wi-Fi? Which to me, this should have been a simple like one line answer, which is do a survey. Well, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> and some people had suggested, I mean, there is now, I guess, Sir Matthew, a paint that allegedly blocks Wi-Fi signals. So, uh, I mean, one, I guess you would have to only do the outer walls of your house or apartment or condo with that, because otherwise you'd be blocking your own Wi-Fi uh, signal. But I guess there is Wi-Fi paint or Wi-Fi blocking paint, which I Wi-Fi thought was kind of interesting. Painting. Now, now I need yeah. to Google that. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, okay, what's in it? How is it absorbing the, uh, you know, does it work with the, you know, various ranges of frequencies that are being used? You know, but oh, I, I thought it was just a very strange question. And the answer should have been go in and see when you look at all of your neighbor's SSIDs, you can see what channel they're on. There are free apps. Of course, you got to be careful when doing free apps. But there are programs, there are apps, you know, whether for your laptop or your little uh, spy device phones to look at every Wi-Fi signal in the area and see what channel they're on. And that to me, the, the easy answer would have been you really don't have to worry about your neighbor's Wi-Fi in, you know, in getting into your dojo. What you just need to do is find an open channel. Yeah, it's just but to, that uh, wasn't the answer. Remove the uh, overlapping with uh, the other channels uh, on my router. I've got a Netgear, I think, 600N, and I flashed it with the uh, Tomato firmware, and uh, that's already built in in the Tomato firmware. So you just go in the menu; it gives you the different channels available, and it detects all the Wi-Fi uh, in the area, and it, sh- it kind of tries to give you the best channel for your situation so it gives you 
uh, a little bit of uh, wiggle room for uh, changing your channels. Right. Gives and, you the clearest signal. Now, does it do that on the fly with people add Wi-Fi or do you have to keep going back in and uh, and looking at what's currently up? I've set it on uh, manual, uh, but you can put it on automatic and it chooses the channel. But it kind of messed up with my phone uh, because I'm plugged in Ethernet with my computer, so I don't mind the computer. But it messed with my phone with my connection with the Wi-Fi. So I've set it on manual and no automatic channel switching and so far so good it works and so i'm pretty glad with that well and there is with the custom firmware i think ddwrt tomato maybe has it as well where there are channels that the routers can use which are illegal in the united states but legal elsewhere so i mean you know if you're not really worried about uh anybody oh, knocking on your know. door yeah there are there are some uh maybe you know about that sir members there's some wi-fi spectrum that isn't supposed to be used in the u.s but you can unlock that with the firmware that is that on your radar uh that depends entirely on whether or not your you have a radio that's capable of it most of the radios are locked in and so it requires switching out the hardware um that would make I, sense. I did however uh just for for people because you know we we like to provide advice although we do not provide any guarantee that it's good advice in fact this is very or not legal um, but if you really want to force the OTG issue and block Wi-Fi, uh, you know, obviously, you know, turning your entire house into a Faraday cage is a bit complicated. Um, but all you have to do is create enough interference. Now, here's the thing. Uh, most Wi-Fi signals are in the 2.4 gigahertz range, uh, which happens to be the same frequency microwave. that microwave ovens use. So here's here's the really simple tip to block Wi-Fi from being functional in your house is you go uh, take the door off of a microwave oven (laughs) and then go ahead and rig it so that it thinks it's shut. And then you just turn it on and you leave it the microwave oven on high 24 seven and you will not have to worry about Wi-Fi in your house. Your cat, however, may eventually be uh, cooked. Uh, you know, possible side effects include cancer, death, but <laughs> but worth it to get Small rid of that stupid Wi-Fi. Hey, you know, and it's funny that you say, you know, cancer and then death, uh, because every time if you ever notice on your car, the little warning that comes about, you know, with the airbags and seatbelts and all this, it says caution, you know, uh, death or serious injury may occur. Yes. And I'm thinking you could have stopped with death. Yeah. <laughs> i don't get it well you know death might be a serious injury the, those yeah. categories could overlap fatally wounded you know, does anybody look at that and go well just death but no serious injury so i mean that seems cool i'll just i'll ignore that but you know again this is i guess things are written for idiots and the guy in life hacker some of the suggestions were actually well, if you know your neighbor, you can go and see, you know, and ask them if their router has the ability to, you know, lower the transmission power. Like, yeah, if somebody <laughs> knocks on my door, right? Karma King is in the troll room right now, fact checking my shitty life pro tip. See, he as he should. But if somebody comes to your door, sir, met you and is like, yeah, you know, your Wi-Fi signal is really strong in my house. Could you just like turn that down? Can you turn down oh, your okay. goddamn radio? <laughs> <laughs> Turn down your goddamn speakers. <laughs> uh, 
Like, <laughs> I don't see that happening. probably one of my favorite Fletcher drops. I just had to. Yeah. The guy can scream. The other w- suggestion was, well, maybe they can move their router into a more central location further away from you. Like, okay. So some neighbor's going to knock on my door and be like, yeah, could you like move your router? And these Actually, were the suggestions the guy gave, but never said, well, just look for an open channel, moron. Well, actually, I think this I, will never happen in my in my situation because uh, looking at all the Wi-Fi's opened here, uh, everybody has like the default name for their router. I'm the only one with a custom name on my router, so I'm pretty sure I'm the only one in the. You're whole probably block. the only one who set a password too. So yep. you know, whenever somebody else comes <laughs> in, well, most of them are secure WPA two, I think, and all that stuff. Uh, uh, but it, it's like, uh, the, um, uh, like you guys, you've got Comcast and all that stuff. So uh, here it's Videotron and, uh, it's going to say like Videotron 3565 for a random number for the router they, they, they bought. So it's nothing is configured. Uh, everything is configured by default in the block here. I'm the only one with a custom router. <laughs> yeah. What is your custom router name? That's the question. Uh, you're going to laugh. It's hell. Yeah. Like- I like hell it. Hell yeah. It's I just like written it. hell yeah on my Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, we we have we have two here, one for each ISP. Uh one of them is named Furry Bastard, and the other one is named Fuzzy Bitch. <laughs> Fuzzy B- <laughs> I like those, and I like those. We obviously named them after our cats. Uh that wasn't obvious to me. Well, I'm not the furry bastard that you know of. I, that wasn't what I was thinking of for you. <laughs> Furry bastard. But I digress. With these gadgets, how do you keep, I mean, Dame Adrian, and we're going to get into this further as we do more grumpy old Ben's, you know, asked last episode about keeping her family safe. And when you're starting to introduce more of these things into your ecosystem, it really is becoming harder to have a simple one step thing where back in the day when everybody only had one pc it was like okay get a good antivirus firewall you're good that is no longer the case with all of these different devices that it's getting a lot more complicated you really do need to separate networks you need to know which of your devices are still connecting to your network i mean people don't think anything of you know getting a device like these tvs or whatever that says, you know, connect this to your Wi-Fi. I know you do, Sir Bemrose, but people give the Wi-Fi password and they move on their merry way and never think twice about what data these things can be collecting. Obviously, TV is even more nefarious yeah, or, if somebody can access your camera or the, microphone. Because nobody uses the guest network. You have to, uh, you don't even think about how the fact that the company who put this out hired an intern to write their drivers that has so many security holes in it that anybody on the internet can now get into everything in your internal network through it. Right. So use the guest network or set up a secondary network. And even though this is a pain in the ass and it's something I've been meaning to do along with changing the battery in my, uh, the big UPS here in the office, which everything's hooked up to, because then you actually have to power everything down and it, you know, it's a pain in the ass, even though it takes five minutes, the equivalent to that in the digital world is, change your Wi-Fi password every now and then, and then you will very quickly remember every device on the network. And if you actually still need it or not, 
because if a device stops working, then you have to go back and set it up again. And I know that's a real pain, especially no, it, when if, some of these. If you change your Wi-Fi, here's another tip. If you change your Wi-Fi password and a device stops working, go replace that device with something that doesn't use fucking Wi-Fi. <laughs> so you want to go like you want to go over like Ethernet over power lines? What do you suggest? I suggest that we go back to the day when our freaking light bulbs generated light and consumed electricity and didn't send all of our usage data to some Silicon Valley database. That's what I'm suggesting. And we all don't tell me you don't use smart wires. light bulbs. You don't have any smart light bulbs, sir, met you? No, I don't. <laughs> shitty. Th- <laughs> shitty know, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that my, uh, my in-laws do because they're all in. That's where they wanted this plug thing. And, you know, it's. It's a fun thing momentarily to be able to walk into a room and be like computer lights on. And you feel like John Luke Picard for a minute. And then you realize that it's just way easier to use yeah. a switch yeah, wh- than wh- it is. Wh- what's easier when you want to change the, you know, turn the lighting on and off in the room, a go grab your phone, which is probably right next to you. So that's easy. Uh, Use the biometric scan to log into the phone, unlock it, go in, launch an app, find the right button in the app, select, pull a drop down fucking hamburger menu, and then finally (laughs) click on the light and do move the little slider to off or just use a switch. Flick the switch. That's about to say. But for those people who have an Amazon or Google device in every room. You don't have to touch your phone. You just have to speak no matter where you are in the house. Turn off this yes. light. Alexa, turn off all the lights. <laughs> See, when, then podcasters the people, can do it. <laughs> what about the people with Google devices? Okay, Boomer, turn off all my lights. Yeah, but really Sir Rose, okay, it's Boomer's so enough. exhausting to get off your chair, walk to the switch on the wall, flick the switch, <laughs> go back in your chair. So yeah. you need and, those and that's things why, to as make a society, your life we're all fat fucks. Exactly. <laughs> you know what my favorite? You know what my favorite little thing is with those devices is Alexa Red Alert. That will now set off the Star Trek. Like it's in the other room. Yeah. Well, if it, you can't hear if, it on my microphone, what, but in the if, other room, it is doing it. it the the Star okay. Trek the the Red Alert sound is playing. In the oh, other that's room pretty neat. Because <laughs> I mean, what what about all of the occasions where you have some jackass podcaster who says something like Alexa, call nine one one? And I then, don't think that device makes calls yet. <sighs> but yes, I see where you're going with this. Uh, you know, Alexa, microwave you, my cat. <laughs> well, I, the cat would have to get in the microwave. But uh, to be fair what? for the How devices, is that not automatic yet. We got all this technology in our house and my smart home can't even pick up my cat and put it in the microwave. What kind of a future are we in? You need smart. You know, to be for fair, smart I know. Home. <laughs> yeah. Some, well, some of these smart devices can hook up to phones. So maybe that would be like the next big thing. We get like a 900 number that costs like 50 bucks for the first 10 seconds. And you just say, you know, device dial 900, 111, whatever. And then that could be our exit strategy. Worth I mean, trying. all of our listeners would hunt us down and kill us. But with that said, <laughs> no, would be our some listeners are smarter than that. You're right. There was just something they would have to play at their friend's house. Yeah. Like, do it. You, you want to write you want to hear this? Okay. This is even better then because the, the people that listen to us are smart enough that their devices would never do this, but they probably have friends that could that have these devices. 
So they could just go to their friend's house and be like, device, call this number, and then walk away. Damn. Nobody knows Brain it even happened. is just a good idea machine. <laughs> yes, or a bad idea machine, depending <laughs> on who you who want to ask. Yeah, of all these of my ideas are good ideas for someone else. Yep. Agreed. You just don't want anybody <laughs> to try them out on you. No, I mean, you, you have one of these devices, so you can try them out in your home, too. I, the, uh, I, I do. I know you take that back. I do not have one of these devices. So I, I think you may have been away when we were talking about the concept of Wi-Fi blocking paint, but that might be something it's, it's out there. I don't know how well it works, but that might be something you want to try in Dame Bemrose's lair. So nothing could get out of that room. Maybe. Uh. I, I was thinking, though, if uh, if you've got a wall that, you know, the Wi-Fi is coming through, then uh, the the really, really ghetto way of solving that is you just go get some of that metal corrugated roofing and you attach it to the wall of your house. And that'll block everything. Yeah. And, and it also looks stylish. It totally turns your the side of your house. Looks like it belongs in a shanty town. Or Chirac. Well, it stopped bullets. Isn't that what I said? As well as Wi-Fi signals. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need much thicker metal Kevlar for that. paint. Uh-huh. Yeah, do, perhaps. Do, yeah. Do they offer bullet resistant paint? Maybe. I think you just have to really put a lot of layers on. Kevlar Jiprock. <laughs> Actually, we did we, we did have a story uh just outside of Seattle uh a couple years ago where uh it wasn't the wall of the house, but uh Somebody realized that they were getting roof leaks because uh, and, and when they went up to investigate, they realized that they had uh, a bullet, like a nice large caliber, like a 45 or something that was just sitting in the insulation in their roof attic crawl space and water was dripping through a bullet hole above it. Oh, wow. So somebody shot into the air. Yeah. Someone yeah, shot into the air. Falling it, bullet. It, it came down and put like it, it just. It, shooting into the air is one of the stupidest things in the world because, <laughs> you know, you're right. The vast majority of them are just going to fall into dirt somewhere. But I mean, what if that came down on a person? Because uh, my head is not as strong as that roof. I thought they went in would, orbit and you could just forget about them. No, <laughs> I don't think there's a gun out there that has a muzzle velocity of 11 kilometers per second. Yeah. Kilometers? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to use my French accent. Oh, ah, kilometer, of course. <laughs> See, it doesn't matter what Sir Mathieu says. It just sounds so much better. I mean, he could just, it, it just, it has that, you know, Larry's got the smooth voice, but the accent for Sir Mathieu, I think you could say anything. Yeah. And uh, you could I, just, I do this, have a certain je ne sais quoi. <laughs> is, oh, is that what it, a joie de vie, you know, I heard that the doctors have a cream that'll clear that right up, Sir Mathieu. Ah, uh, thanks. Um, thanks for the tip. <laughs> so, Lip any bomb. internet of, so are there inter, any internet of things devices in your home, Sir Matthew? Are you totally against these things too? I'm totally against them. Uh, my phone is a Galaxy S4, and uh, my Wi-Fi only is connected to my phone, and that's about it. <laughs> I don't have that any more simple. technology. My parents actually have more tech than I do. Uh, they bought a smart TV uh, last week, I think. And I had to, uh, with the help of a friend, I had, uh, I had to help them set up a, uh, 
a Plex server for the um, so they can watch uh, home movies uh, from the computer right. and all that stuff. But I have no idea what that TV does. And for explain this to me, they make smart TVs, and you need to enter a password. The explanation is text. that they're actually quite stupid. Yeah, <laughs> you you need to enter a bunch of text and all that stuff. You all you all have the same functionality as a smartphone technically, but you have a normal remote and you don't have a keyboard on the friggin' remote remote that I don't understand. It's like going back to 2000 with flip phones and you need to punch in like three times number two to get the letter. And <laughs> just it's just <laughs> so that, that was my favorite annoying. code. Be yeah, like, yeah, my, my number is is three 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 two two one one one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> there but are it, little keyboards you can get for most of these devices, or at least for like the Amazon, well, uh, not Amazon, the Android boxes. So I'm assuming a lot of here, TVs you an, can get one of these little handheld keyboards. Tip. Uh, a lot of these TVs these days come with a USB port. Try plugging yeah, in a, a real USB keyboard. keyboard. Plug in. Oh, you can yeah. plug in keyboards. Half the time uh, it not, works. Not mouses. Oh, interesting. I know, I know that works on that. my Xbox, which is the other place where I absolutely hate entering text with a controller. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because you're supposed to have really long, good passwords. But then, you know, the other thing that pisses me off, do you ever run into one of these assholes that have somehow created the site? And I'm not even sure how it's done. I, I should look into it where the password field is not able to be filled in by any like password manager. That you actually have, you can't even cut and paste into those boxes. No, no, because it's the annoying. way that you block that is through JavaScript. I guess I just turn off all <laughs> and, JavaScript. And fuck JavaScript. So, <laughs> how do you feel about Flash? See, well, when when a site uses an, such an obvious anti-consumer technique like that, what it's really telling you is, hey, there's probably better competitors out there you should be using instead. That is a clear sign, Progo, that they don't want me using. Because I've actually run into this as well, where you can cut and paste the password into the first password box when setting up an account. But then in the confirm password box, it won't let you paste it. And I'm a guy that uses a generator. So if, if they say your password could be up to 30 characters, I'm using 30 characters of random text. And I don't want to type that in. Okay, if if the password is actually secure, it doesn't have an upper limit because they're only storing a hash. Any anybody yeah. that has a maximum password limit, they're storing your password. And, you and know they what, need to yeah, stop doing they that need because to limit when, the, their storage. when their database gets hacked and goes out onto the dark web, that password is now out there. You know what really fucking pissed me off? I was me? renewing Yeah, you, but that's <laughs> that's a daily thing. The other day, I was renewing my FOID card, my federal owner ID card and here in the state of Illinois, and I didn't have an account yet on the Illinois State Police who run this website that I didn't have an account yet. So I went in and went to create an account, and I did a random 20-character password. And the, the first one, uh, it doesn't use whatever special character. So I'm like, okay, fuck that. I turned off special characters, generated a new password, a 20-character, put that in. You didn't use any special characters. I'm like, okay, fuck you. So you'll use some special characters, but you won't use others. I generated a new password again. That worked. I went on my merry way, like four or five screens later after putting all my information in, you know, your 
have to put in your driver's license number, last four of your social, all of your security questions that they want you to answer, which you lie to, of course. It got to the point to where to sign this digital form, it said, enter your password. And I had the password sitting right there. I cut and pasted it. The password wasn't correct. I'm like, what the fuck? So I went back and started a new one and realized that the when for some reason, I don't remember how I got it to give me an error. I think I didn't do any password at all. It told me that the maximum password length was 15 characters. But the site accepted the 20 character password and let me go on my fucking way up until like 20 minutes later after entering everything else was like, enter the password to verify. And then it just said incorrect password. So I'm just like, are you crazy? We, we don't yeah, thank actually, you, government. E- even when our podcast episodes go long, we don't actually have time for me to go into a full rant on websites that enforce password security. You know, you must have three capital letters, two symbols, four numbers, oh, and I a demonic glyph things. in your password. <laughs> well, but it's the it's, DigiGrew. It's the state police. I don't think they're all Democrats. I mean, but yeah, I guess that's uh, the people Illinois. in charge who hired somebody. E- and yeah, it's, it's Illinois. Illinois. Even it's the Republicans coding. are Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> I think that may be the case. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But I just thought that was hilarious and sad and infuriating all at the same time that it let me put in this 20 character password. But then it wasn't until later that it just said, you know, wrong password. And then I went back and I just went, you know, backup, 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 backup key. And then it accepted it. I was like, okay. You know, um, to be honest, everything that you've said, every single idiotic thing about this, I completely believe. And the corroborating evidence that I have is you already mentioned it's a government website. Yes. Yeah, even here is the same thing with the government, like on the federal listing for the job applications. uh, It's the same. It's the same thing. Uh, They give you like, oh, it needs to be 15 characters and uh, you need the capital letters and uh, lowercase letters. And uh, like you said, demonic glyphs and all that stuff. Uh Uh-huh. You're like, what the hell? But I mean, okay, so your parents have one of these smart TVs. Are we to the point yet to where you have to like pop this thing open, find the Wi-Fi little antenna in there, you know, the Wi-Fi card and like smash it or cut it out? Or, you know, how do we make sure these devices aren't phoning home? Uh, because if you have to connect it to your Wi-Fi, OK, you can be like, well, yeah, I'm not going to give it my Wi-Fi password, so it won't have Wi-Fi. How do you know there's not a cellular modem built into these that is still sending information out there? It's going to get to be very, very nasty pretty quick, I think, especially in, with the prevalence of 5G coming in. As in TV phone home? <laughs> right. TV phone home. Yeah, it's, it's, we're not doing it. See, you're old enough to remember E.T., yeah. so you, you can't be that young, Sir Matthew. I'm only 30, so it's not that Well, bad. you seem like at least. You, yeah, Which you means like that that movie 30. is significantly older than you are. Yes, indeed. Yes. I think it's 84 or 86. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing it in theater. Although I, yeah. I'm not quite old enough to have seen the original Star Wars in the theater. Now it's possible that I was in the theater on opening night because that's the kind of thing my mom would have gone to. But if I was, uh, then there was a womb blocking my view. <laughs> womb in the way. Yeah, I, I did not have a How? womb with a view. <laughs> oh, I like that one. At least somebody does. <laughs> Maybe this is what we need to on more shows. You know what, Darren, Darren, you're it's out. Delicious. Matthew, he laughs at my jokes. This is my new co-host. 
<laughs> I mean, he actually gets your jokes and then finds them funny. How rare is this? I mean, you yeah. really do need to just well, you, jettison me away. Uh, in fact, are, Darren, uh, I've been meaning to talk to you. Uh, I think Matthew <laughs> might be my new co-host. So I'm going to need you to keep on editing all the shows and making them sound good. Recording. But I don't need <laughs> right. you to talk anymore. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> oh, I you're mean, no fun see- anymore. I mean, Sir Matthew, you don't know when uh, it, sometimes it's the dry sense of humor from Sir Bemrose here. When I said that, uh, you know, Sir Matthew is going to be on the show on today, his response was, as a guest, or am I being replaced? And I just answered, yes. So I don't know. Well, I'm glad answer. he showed up. I mean, yes. I mean, that was the proper answer. It's like, no, no, just let you got to let him hang a little bit. I mean, once. Once Bemlet, Tony Bemrose, gets on another show, I don't know. He he brings everything we need in the full Bemrose, and he has enough information on Ryan that uh, I think the grumpy old, you know, we had that one episode that we did. You may have been in the troll room live when we recorded it. It's never been released because Ryan thought there was too much inside baseball from his brother about him. And uh, this is going to be hey, Bemrose. Oh, oh, you're too blaming much me for this now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bemlet Unleashed, I think, is what we're looking for in the in January when we're doing this special episode. That, that was a, for everything. Yeah, that was a live only episode, which uh, you know, would be available on our Patreon if we ever put anything up there. Well, I could put it there. We do have one guy on Patreon, and we appreciate that. Maybe that's his maybe that's his bonus for finding the site. I will upload that. Because yeah, uh, we've also never given out the URL. <laughs> well, we did, but we just said we don't. It's, it's not a hard URL. Patreon.com slash grumpy old Benz. Well, now it's we not have hard to find. Well, yeah, we gave it the other day, too. You were just not listening or no, you might have been on cold meds. I mean, that was the most interesting thing when you were listening to that while the rerun, while we were both in the chat room, the troll room. And you're just like, I don't even remember saying this. Yeah, I, there were conversations in the last episode where I was listening to the podcast afterward going. Oh, this is an interesting conversation. I don't even remember it. <laughs> Who is this guy talking? Sounds like me. So maybe just more cold meds is for, for better bemrosing. But with these, you know, with these TVs and stuff, when your family has, I mean, okay, you, we all know what the stuff can do and how to control it. Do you try to even talk people out of this anymore when it comes to like your parents or anybody else in your family that's like loading up with all of these talking tubes, giving it all their banking information, getting these smart TVs and like, no, I want it to access. I want it. I want to be able to say, and I think uh, with a lot of these TVs now, anybody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like Skype and other things are built right into it. So you could just be sitting there watching TV and all of a sudden a Skype call is going to come through on your TV. Like that's something normal people want. Uh do you even try to talk family members out of this stuff? Are you are you trying to hit them in the mouth with the information of, you know, this is really bad. The, you know, the amount of things that can happen, the privacy, or do you just let them go on their merry way in, in their ignorance? Well, do, do I'll want- have two things oh. for that. Uh, ignorance is bliss and they like convenience uh, because my parents like, they know technology. Uh, they own smartphones, and my mother has a tablet and all that stuff. Uh, but if I start uh, something like Grumpy Old Ben style, uh, just saying that your TV's spying on you and all that stuff, uh, they won't really care, actually, uh, because 
their go-to answer is, well, I've got nothing to hide. Uh, so That is the dumbest the, excuse ever. Yeah, yeah. And um, mostly just for convenience. Uh, setting up all that stuff, they don't have the technical knowledge to do it. Uh, they just want a convenient TV to do their little things. And uh, that's pretty much it. I, I stopped bothering with that stuff a long time ago uh, just because, well, they know best and whatever. <laughs> because uh, here with my bank, uh, Desjardins, uh, they had a major leak uh, this year and uh, they and went not talking with about Equifax. The roof. Nope. <laughs> and they uh, actually, I think it's around, I think, four or five million uh, members of the bank uh, that got their information stolen, including mine. Uh, so far, I've never seen uh, like strange activity on my bank account, so I'm knocking on wood. So, um, but like a lot of people had nightmare situations with that. And it's just because the bank didn't. Uh, had some uh, insiders that uh, that just downloaded the databases from the servers, things that they should not technically they shouldn't have access to, but they did get access to, and they just sold the lot on the uh, on the dark web, and now a bunch of people, and a bunch of people are trying to to just fix that, and they went with Equifax uh, to. Um, uh, to secure the account of people. I'm not sure what Equifax does exactly, uh, but I tried to subscribe to the they, Equifax service. They take service. down all of your personal private information into a database so that they can identify where it's being used. And then later they can go ahead and sell that database for more money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like a double whammy at this point. And I tried to register with the Equifax uh, website. But the damn website isn't even in HTTPS, so I just ah, grabbed yeah, the idea. Yeah, you can tell they care about security. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just gave up. I, I just told myself, well, I'll just check on my bank account every day. And it's my responsibility because my bank is not responsible enough to just keep my da data secure. So I just gave up. So, and so here's, here's a tip. Uh, for anybody who uh, finds themselves uh, giving data away is that companies will, uh, you know, people, companies will often ask you to fill out a form. Um, there, you know, paper forms are my favorite way to do it because uh, if you go in and uh, you fill out the form, anything you're not comfortable with filling out, leave blank and then turn the form in. And if they really need it, they're going to follow up with you. But there is a lot of information there that they don't need. And they're just going to enter into a database. And then that database will get leaked out to the internet. And then it'll, data will be out there. But if you don't enter it, then that information isn't in the database. They're going to, you know, some data entry clerk is going to swear you out and be like, I can't believe it. And then they're going to have to come up with some way to enter a null into the field. But. Don't give people information that they don't need. When when you're getting a service from someone, even a bank, don't give them information that they don't need in order to provide this. Nobody at the bank needs to know what your first pet's name was. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's like um, well, it, it's responsibility and just uh, information hygiene, maybe uh, just not spew out 
every single detail about your life and uh, your uh, like the pet's name, for example, that's a good one uh, because like I, I bet seventy five to eighty percent of people that have pets use their pet's name for their own passwords. So I know yeah. my parents do. So <laughs> which which is information they've already put out on Facebook. Yep, yep, because they have probably pictures, maybe even a Facebook page for their damn dog or cat. I wouldn't be surprised well, yeah, to see and, this. And hence the fappening. But uh, informational hygiene, that is that is your blog, that is your uh, podcast you need to start. That is a great name for a podcast. Informational hygiene. I, I bet and there's at I least just, two podcasts with that name already. <laughs> okay. Somebody looked that up on the on the interwebs. And I also love that Sir Matthew saying what I would say Equifax comes out, at least in my ears, when you say it, it sounds like icky facts, which seems like so much more like right on the nose. That seems so much more appropriate when uh, when talking about this kind of stuff. And, I mean, with the amount of information out there, this stuff's only going to get worse. This happened to my father-in-law just a couple of weeks ago where somebody it was an online only bank but it was you know a real bank and uh it was you know full fdic a real place just one of these banks that don't have any local outlets you know local actual brick and mortar because that costs money now and somebody had tried to set up a checking account and savings account i mean and did set up i don't believe they actually put any money into it but they had all of his personal information, you know, down to social security number and everything else. And, you know, I was just kind of wondering, you know, why, I mean, I understand why people try to get a mortgage or try to get a loan in your name. Cause then they're taking the money and running and trying to leave you with the bill. I just thought it was a little strange that somebody was trying to set up a checking account in a savings account using their own address, which was the thing that didn't really make much sense to me. Cause usually I would think if you're trying to then, uh, launder money the thing would be you would use somebody's social security number but sign up with a different address but these kind of things are becoming more prevalent and people just get so you know this is what happened with my in-laws they you know start freaking out and you know immediately went and signed up for a year of life lock at the highest you know level which we got them to cancel because it's like okay one you can go I- in and report an emergency freeze you have a comment Ryan. I, I, I'm just incredulous at the, the fact that our advice to people whenever there's a data breach and your data is out there is to go to yet another company and give them all your data. Yeah, well, that's where the problem with LifeLock is. The, the thing you can do, though, that you ha- pretty much have didn't, to do didn't at this LifeLock point. have a breach? I, a couple well, of years. Yeah, their owner was the guy who was like, nobody can hack my name. Nobody can steal my identity. And then somebody did. Because this is what happens when you put out this kind of, I mean, he yeah, was the guy yeah. that had his social security it, it, number on like bus, you know, you know, on billboards. Internet like, 101, never throw down a gauntlet, especially <laughs> on chat rooms. <laughs> yes. You don't know what kind of nefarious dudes. I mean, Progo could be in there listening and he's going to, he's going to pwn you. No doubt about it, but you don't have to pay LifeLock for these services if you want so if you think something's going goofy you know somebody's trying to get accounts in your name you can do an emergency 90-day freeze and you can go to any of the big three credit agencies and tell them you want an emergency 90-day freeze 
and that should be free. And they will also contact the other two. So you don't even have to go to the, all three of them. And if you want to have your accounts permanently frozen, which as long as you're not signing up for new accounts all the time, new credit cards, you know, mortgages, car, you know, whatever you're getting loans for, these agencies will charge you like a $10 one-time fee. They will put a freeze on your profile and nobody can open up an account under your name then without first going to whoever you've put that in through with and tell them in you have to do it with all three on that one. But then if you go, say you're trying to get a new cell phone, you just ask them like, okay, who do you use? Which one of the three credit agencies? And then you have to go and call the credit agency, you know, give them your secret super password and suspend the freeze until you get your cell phone account set up. And then you just refreeze it. But you don't need to spend 30 bucks a month or anything per month to do that. It's a one-time fee and it does lock everything. So it does make you safer it just becomes a pain in the ass the next time you know you want one of these quick credit cards or hey uh, best buy i'm gonna buy a tv they have zero percent for the next 36 months so then yeah you're gonna have to go through one extra step but hey at least then your stuff is safe and you don't have to worry about identity fraud because that is just getting worse and worse i mean you go on the dark web it's fun just to see all the account information that's there to be purchased credit cards banking information social security numbers we are all just data. Prove me wrong. Go ahead. You're wrong. <laughs> You're saying it doesn't make it so. What? No, that is how it works on in 2019. I, I learned from, from mainstream media that just saying something makes it true. Yeah, you don't have to, de- well, you have to you debate sh- anymore. Yeah. No, nobody debates anymore. Nobody uses actual. You know, it used to be when I was, you know, 10 years ago, I always lamented that rational argument was was something that was dead from public discourse but now they've gone a step further they just don't even bother to argue they just assert something and move on and then if you do that often enough people are constantly hearing it then they believe it whether it's true or not they're like for example russia hacked the 2016 election come on man arguments are for losers yeah i came up with i i, I realized when you were uh talking about uh you know talking to your parents and and trying to go, you know, fold, you, you shouldn't do that because you're giving up your day. And like when the, when, when somebody in your family decides that they're not going to follow your advice about privacy, don't, don't consider that a bad thing. Don't be, get frustrated. about. It. This is actually a solution. Um, what I realized is if I go to a family member and I'll be like, uh, you need to not be putting all your data into this. You need to not, you need to, you know, stop uh, running the talking tubes. Uh, don't get on Facebook. Just get off Twitter. Here's the thing. If they ignore my advice and go on doing the terrible things that I've told them not to. Great. Well, now, it's on them. I don't, I don't have to be responsible for their it anymore. This is I a solution so- for any dude named Ben. <laughs> who is tired of giving their family IT support. There we go. Just just go give them some practical privacy advice. And when they ignore it, be like, well, you didn't follow my advice. So, um, you know, good luck choosing that new computer. Right. Because yeah. that's probably what you're going to have to do. Uh, well, my CPU is at 100% and these tornadoes keep showing up. Yeah. Remember when tornadoes were a thing? Those were I, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, didn't uh, Dvorak coin that term too? Pornado, where just one site after another pops open. I think he you know what? Actually I'm choosing to that. believe that I coined it. 
you can believe that, but yeah. people and may fact, argue with now, you. Now I'm asserting it without argument. So there. Anyways, moving along. I, but we, I just argued it. I bet you, Sir Matt, you would argue it. But yeah, you guys okay. are so stuck in the past. <laughs> <laughs> like five seconds ago. <laughs> How dare you argue with me? You're, you're arguing things that have long since passed. Well, you just said it 15 seconds ago. Yeah, you're like, exactly. Long since passed. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Yeah, I don't think that's the way it's going to go. But that's where, you know, I think we hit most of the big topics in 2019. Uh, I think we got most of the stuff right. I mean, every now and then we heard from uh, Sir Dude Name Anonymous. Or, uh, no, um, um, yeah, Sir Dude Name. See, these names all sound alike after a while. And I, he sent us a couple of nice emails. I didn't even tell my my BC drinking story. Well, then you should. I mean, how much? What did you drink in BC? Everything. And did you run into any? Every, you drank, you're going to drink Canada the Dry. There is that song. You know, I'm going to drink Canada <laughs> no, Dry. So, Canada no, the, Dry with Canadian Club. Yeah. The, yes. The, yeah. The story is, uh, uh, and, and the story is actually more, more interesting than I'm going to tell. But uh, basically, we went, uh, uh, my, my fraternity, uh, we had a group of people who all went to, uh, if you, you probably haven't heard of a town called Castlegar, British Columbia. It, it no, is, it is near I. the border with Spokane. Um, and uh, we, you know, going to school in Eastern Washington, um, yeah, it was a three or four hour drive up there. But uh, we descended on this town and hit a bunch of motel rooms and decided to spend a weekend drinking in Canada. Uh, the reason for this is that uh, drinking age in BC is 19 at the time and it was 21 in Washington. So that's pretty much a no brainer. Uh, so. We go in. What we didn't know was that there were like five other, and actually what I didn't realize, a couple of the guys in our group knew about, um, there were five other fraternities who all had sent groups of people up to this town at this time. Apparently, there was some kind of a, a, a an impromptu, like unofficial cannabis festival going on. <laughs> Um, yeah, because even, even if it wasn't legal there, there was a thing called BC bud, which was, uh, known to be the best kind. So yeah, with uh, Mark Emery and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, what I didn't realize at the time was that, uh, everybody had gone up for the BC bud, but the result was we had like five fraternities worth of, uh, Washington state students all descending on this little town. Now the town of Casagar had, uh, one hotel restaurant, two bars, one grocery store, and three convenience stores. Those were everywhere in the place in the town that sold alcohol. And five fraternities worth of people, we managed to consume every drop of alcohol in any of those locations over the course <laughs> of the entire weekend. And, you know, we get up Sunday morning and every single one of us is hung over. And uh, we're like, hey, is there any beer left? No. Well, you know, I feel like I want another beer. Do we go down and, you know, the, the convenience stores out, the hotel lobby, sh the restaurant shut down, uh, the grocery store, their aisle has just like, it looks like a tornado went through. Um, there's nothing that we, we had to leave town because amongst all of the people, there were probably 150 frat guys, college students, 
we managed to consume all of the alcohol in this town. And that was the point. You know, the only thing left to drink in our ice chest was some ginger ale. So I pick up the can of ginger ale. I open it. I look at the label. And I'm like, drink Canada dry. It's not just a slogan. It's a challenge. <laughs> what I want to know is what liquors did you consume? Yes. Because you're like, hey, give me a whiskey. And they're like, well, no, all we have left is like limoncello or really, what was the oh, limoncello? Yeah, by, that point in the night, by that point <laughs> in the night, we were probably, you know, I say we I'm as if I'm speaking for all 150 uh, drunk and mostly stoned college kids because, you know, PC, bud. Um, it didn't matter. <laughs> They're like, we only have, yeah, we only have Sambuca, Lemoncello, and oh, just mix those all together yeah. and be fine. Yeah, we, we, you know, what, what do, what do we have <laughs> left? Well, um, I can do a gin and wine spritzer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Ew>. no, <laughs> do not do a gin and wine spritzer, grumpy old Ben's audience. Gin and wine. Or if you do, at Jesus. least videotape no, and tell us how. No, wine spritzer should right only be mixed with schnapps. Uh. so i'm guessing there may be drinking involved on new year's eve and progo was asking if we're gonna like getting a list of people together to like call or have call in uh this could get messy this could get very messy on new year's eve so make sure you tune into the no agenda stream if everybody's still like conscious by the time this is supposed to start then uh we may have something going i don't know we will find out but we do have one executive producer on today's show, and that's because he is a guy that is on the monthly donations, and it's Sir John Fletcher, and we appreciate his monthly contribution to the trendiest podcast named Grumpy Old Ben's. Woo. Uh, yes. We yes, we are. <laughs> in fact, it's in the Mueller report. Thank you, John Fletcher. Yeah, it's stated in the Mueller report. And he does that little podcast uh, where there's a guy talking to a girl about stuff and they're usually drunk and uh or high or a combination i mean is that a good combination or should you just do one or the other is, is it is it okay to mix uh it is a good combination because if you manage to combine them then you don't care that it's a bad combination <laughs> so sometimes the best choices are the worst choices that turn out to be the best choices exactly At some point the uh the line's getting blurred <laughs> Kind of like there's Darren's enough logic. booze also. <laughs> right. Right. Which is why you have to listen to Hog Story every Monday night. And there are also bonus episodes, sometimes involving me, Sir Matthew, Sir Bemrose. Of and then if you really if you want to talk about going off the rails, those are the shows that are going to dig deep, go off the rails. But you want to be in early before the booze really hits, because then things just start getting silly. Early bird gets the worm and the late bird gets the booze. I, I've been on that show. They start out silly. Oh, yeah. Stop I guess that. that's true. It's silly. Yes. And well, we know that, that, that you're, reminds us, you're no uh, good at keeping them on the rails. So Matthew has had a hog story special. I have had a hog story special. When is the Darren O'Neill hog story special? I've had one. Yeah, you, you did one uh, maybe a, two months ago, I think. Well, fuck. I should go listen to it, shouldn't I? Then who <laughs> else can I, we I get on hog story special? You, Ryan, man. Obviously, you're not going to hogstory.net enough because to see what's well, going we'll, on. We'll go ahead and cut out that part where I was being an idiot. <laughs> well, we actually, no, we can the, never uh, cut out. No, I, was, I was not wrong. 
uh, we did one show where you were there and uh, Dame Bemrose was there also. So that was yes. my first appearance ever on a live podcast. And then I did a second episode, I think, a month after. And it was only me with uh, John and Carolyn. This, this hug story, they're making episodes that I don't even know about. It's like yeah. they just never stop I mean, recording. Well, the uh, John separated the uh, the podcast on the Mondays and the conversations. There are two different things on the hogstory.net yeah, website. They're they're two different things. But meanwhile, could you maybe set up two different RSS feeds? Because I just wanted to mention, by the way, Fletcher, that that's really kind of screwing up my my stream scraper. <laughs> you want them all in the same stream? It's all scrubbed. So they can up? make it too. Unless he doesn't want those on the no agenda stream. That could be inside baseball. You yeah, just maybe. need a you need an RSS feed for everything Sir Bemrose needs to publish to the No Agenda stream. Actually, that'd and be ben. really helpful. For, so if all podcasters could go ahead and do that, just create a Sir Bemrose specific <laughs> stream, that'd be really helpful. Yes, that would be helpful. Definitely would. But you know, that's I'm glad that I mean, if and anybody can now do in their in their brain and in their ears, you're hearing Sir Ryan Bemrose and Sir Matthew both using the same $30 or so microphone and uh no they no they are different they, micro- they're they're the same model but well, we're not actually brand, talking yeah. to the same microphone don't yeah don't he's not in my right. place <laughs> get, actually wait, yeah, you have the price what are you microphone. doing here get out of my bedroom <laughs> get out <laughs> actually they jacked up the price on amazon for uh for that microphone i went back on amazon to check I paid it 50 bucks uh, when you suggested to buy the mic. And when I went back, uh, they hiked up the price at 90 bucks. Damn. Dang. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good mic at 40 bucks. At 90, I'd be questioning. There may be better ones out there. But hey, I think they sound good. I'm glad we got you into doing a few podcasts because you're a guy very much like Ryan, Sir Matthew, where you're like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk on these podcast things. You seem well, to do pretty I good. I don't rent as much. <laughs> but no, I do have does. the humor, though. And you do. You have the velvety voice, too. You got the accent. Oh, yes, Just the, teach that to Sir Bemrose, voice. and he would be. Yes. You, well, you could do the. You're kind of like the Quebec NPR. Yeah. <laughs> the CBC NPR. <laughs> yeah. With you, the yes. French hosts. Yeah, you do kind of have the that voice, the type of voice that's easy to jerk off to. Uh, thank you. I'll you- take that as a compliment, maybe. I'm not sure now. We have I think way I'll too much insight into what tonight. Ryan does while listening to Sir Matthew. That may be why he seemed much happier on today's podcast. I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to know. Nobody wants to know. Good thing. No, I don't no want to thank you, John. Right. But thank you for your contribution, John Fletcher. It only leads to conversations like this. So I blame you. And Fletcher was nice enough to make me a nice intro for the No Agenda Rock and Roll pre-show, which is really cool. So you got to show up when the show starts because that's when I play the intro. Maybe you just need a really cool no, outro no too. And then too uh, early in the morning. No, too early. Well, we we release them so you can listen to them later. Although you're behind, I can tell you are really really far behind. But that's why everybody should subscribe to Grumpy Old Benz, and you could do that at grumpyoldbenz.com. We have a simple one-click solution for Apple, Android, Stitcher, and email. So if you're really one of these off-the-grid kind of people, well, you'll just get an email, and you'll never miss an episode of Grumpy Old Ben's. And of course, you can also go to that same address where you will find a bevy of options 
well, right now two, which is the, well, no, there's technically two, but you could do three now that you know about the Patreon, but you can click on that donate button, which will take you to the PayPal system. I know a lot of people hate PayPal and you could do a one-time donation or a monthly. We told you the, how to get to the Patreon page and there is a QR code as well as our Bitcoin address. So if you want to do that, and then after the first of the year, I will be venturing out to the post office because we have been getting people requesting that we get a P.O. box. I'm not sure if they want to send us money or perhaps anthrax. I don't know. But that's why Ryan, I think, suggested I get the P.O. box and not him. <laughs> well, he figured it was. I, I don't need any more anthrax. I'm full up right now. <laughs> Well, you're already um, dodging bullets in Chirac, so <laughs> you already have 50% of the work done. <laughs> right. It's, it's a very dangerous place, which is exactly why we consume mass quantities of pizza, barbecued ribs, Italian beef sandwiches. You know, I mean, if you're going to die food. anyway, you may as well die full and happy. Yep. Agreed. And, and wash it down with a bottom shelf Irish whiskey. Well, yeah, with, because with no once, ice. you know, right. You don't want to use the top shelf to, you know, to down, you know, to kind of wash that stuff out. You want to go lower. You know, it's kind of like, again, when you're starting a night of drinking. So come New Year's Eve, I'm going to have a couple. Well, you start with the really good stuff. And yeah. then after a couple of drinks, because the first drinks are the swell. only ones you're going to taste anyway. Yes. So that is that is the pro tip for everybody here on Grumpy Old Ben's and, today. And everything is else is good stuff. You know, you first you start with the well, first you start with the milkshakes because then you don't even know you're drinking. And then <laughs> by then you can move on to the middle shelf or so. And then later in the night, you can move to the gin and wine spritzers because by then and you I won't know. care. Well, that so I'm just assuming knowing it, your stories now. So when you when you met your wife was the first thing like, hey, you want a milkshake? <laughs> Uh, that kind of happened. Hey, baby, you want a milkshake? Uh-huh. I yeah, I, I actually that. have an interesting story about uh, getting together with the person who eventually became my wife, but I'm not telling it on this story on this episode. It'll be a different episode, or will it be a Patreon only thing? Is it a, a G-rated story, or uh, oh, I, are any of mine? <laughs> no. Are <laughs> we teasing anything else, or just no? Keep tuned in to Grumpy Old Ben's for further. Details. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually telling you, I'm never going to say what I'm, I'm never going to tell this story, at least that you know of you, until you've had a few drinks. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe I always stop counting after two beers anyway. So yeah, I, yeah. You don't stop drinking. <laughs> no, I just stop <laughs> no, counting. Just stop counting. <laughs> Look how many beers have you less had, guilty. sir, Matthew? Two. Less of a guilty yeah. conscience. <laughs> sir, Matthew says two. And then you see like 14 cans on the ground next to him. Well, who drank those? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> a, a, uh, actually, uh, a friend of mine who was a recovering alcoholic had a, a mnemonic that uh, that I always really liked. Um, I, I, I've, I've never tried the recovering part, but uh, I liked the mnemonic that he used, uh, which was he said, uh, you know, uh, when when you're counting drinks, um, zero is perfect. One is great. Two is okay, but three is eight. Yeah, that, that reminds me of an true. expression. <laughs> it's uh, one beer is not enough. Uh, no, uh, one beer is too much and 10 beers is not enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does. 
change your way of thinking. There's no doubt about it. And with beer, you're peeing every five minutes of whiskey. It's just easier. You don't have to get up as much. Well, actually, just another uh, pro tip. The second episode I did with the um, hog story, I drank scotch all the, all the way because if I drink beer, I get up every 15 minutes. So uh, it's not very useful for a podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be right back every 15 minutes. Well, Maybe no, that's, that's it's what a you good time a- for a station call outs or something like that. You, you develop a signal where you just put put in a nonverbal signal for your co-host to go blather on for a good three or four minutes while you get up to go pee you just put yeah, on that's a why little bell yeah you see there you go you see the screen now that's ryan's little the yeah, yeah, signal when, for when me that, that happens it's called i'm getting gone. up and walking away probably to pee and get more coffee <laughs> probably he always comes back though so that's a plus yeah i'm sorry about that <laughs> oh and oh, wait, uh, dc no, girl I'm says I'm not, sorry drinks are like boobs One's not enough and three is too many. <laughs> it all it all depends how large the glasses are. Or is if that you're in see. total recall. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. But with that, we will thank Sir Matthew for coming along here on this very special edition number 42. I don't know if we quite got to the the solution or the answer to life, the universe, and everything, but hey, we're gonna keep on trying. Drinking. So thank you for coming along. Drinking. That's the answer. Uh, you know, if it's not the answer, then you do enough of it and you don't care. <laughs> Should at least be in the question, I guess. So until next time, I'm Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, middle America, just outside of shy where I'll consume massive amounts of barbecued ribs and probably have a whiskey or two. And from America's left coast, where full disclosure, I don't even own a microwave oven. I'm Ryan Bemrose. And from the Canadian Northeast, where it's getting foggy right now and it's almost beer o'clock, I'm Sir Matthew. They're coming to get you, man. <laughs>